Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. Keenan, what's up? Not, not too much. Had my uh, first overnight at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods last night, so that was fun. That was a good time. Uh, was there, there we go. Dick, Dick Sporting Goods, shout out. 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., and I haven't really slept since, so, you know, loving the life. There we go. There we go. Uh Assuming y'all listened to the past episode that we uploaded over the past 24 hours where we were talking football, reviewing this past Sunday's games, uh, we're going to talk a little basketball. Preseason just started. Uh, we even had a, a, a G League showcase versus versus a French professional team showcasing what looks to be the number one and two picks. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. But win by Alma looks dangerous. That's an understatement. That's an understatement. But uh, we got two weeks, 13 days now exactly before the season starts. So our NBA preview will be coming within those 13 days. But we're going to just talk some NBA, get some feelers out there, what we're liking, what we're not liking, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, it felt premature to talk about it prior, but now the season's really here. Like, you can just feel it. Basketball's around the corner. I mean, I've said many times in this podcast, I hate how early the NBA starts, but I can't lie. I am beyond excited, beyond ready. Uh, I just can't wait. The NBA and NFL will be in full swing at the same time. Uh, I don't know. There's just so much drama, which is always the case with the NBA. There's just so many storylines that we're going to find out right away. You know? Well, what do you think, Keenan? There... As you were saying, there's so many different storylines. And, like, there are certain years in the NBA, it's been less of, like, as uh, the time's gone on for, like, me getting older. But, like, there are just years where you go in and you're like, ah, man, there's about four teams I could go in at this year. Like, obviously, the Warriors and their Durant run, you're like, okay, it's really the Warriors are going to be in the West. Maybe the Rockets, they could play with them. And then the East was, like, probably LeBron, maybe somebody else, maybe Boston. But like, when you go into when you go into NBA seasons, like there are about ten teams that could hoist a Larry O'Brien, and you're and like you don't know which one it is. Like obviously you feel semi confident in one team because you have that kind of feeling, or you don't feel confident in any of them at all. But when you go into seasons like that, every game matters early on, and I think that's when you get basketball played early with urgency, and I love that. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm just thoroughly excited for that. And then obviously whatever drama comes with the NBA as it always does. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's just so many different question marks for a variety of teams that some will be answered immediately. Some will not be. Uh, I think Kim, we both have a few general NBA questions, but I do want to start with Wimbayana. And uh, it's Scoot Henderson as well. Yeah. Uh, did you see any of the game last night? Um, no, I wasn't able. To, I saw a few Wimbayama highlights, but I didn't actually see any of the game. I saw that he ended with 37 and went 7 of 11 from 3. Yeah, uh, he put on a him and Scoop put on a show. He, uh, uh, um, sorry, I just, wanted, go ahead, to, go ahead, I just me... wanted to quickly say this. If his body, because his body type right now, I know it's skinny, 
but it's semi reminding me of like what a younger Anthony Davis looked like, like a younger Giannis look. I mean, I'm not sure he's going to fill out like Giannis, but if he can fill out to 75% of Giannis, he might be a hybrid of Giannis and Kevin Durant. And that might be the scariest thing the league's ever seen. That is all I was going to say. You can go on. I was just going to say right now, projected Scoot Henderson, because I'm just going to be real. We're going to talk a lot of Wimbayana here for at least the next five minutes. Scoot Henderson seems to be a, I guess he's 6'2", 6'3". He, I, you know, I thought he was like 6'5", the way he plays. Reminds me of John Morant a little bit. They were given some Derrick Rose comparisons. Mm-hmm. D Wade is uh, also like that. Where D Wade was, he D Wade listed six four, more six two and a half. He played six six. Not that he's like right. D Wade comp, but I'm just saying, like D Wade was another one of those guards who played a lot bigger than they actually were height wise. Right. I I'll I'll be honest. I immediately and I don't I don't fall in love with prospects as much lately because I just don't keep up as much with college or high school or or this or that. Um. But I fell in love with this kid immediately. Like he love, you can tell he loves the game. Which, you know, you might say, "Oh, well, he's going to the NBA. He should love the game." That's not always the case with a lot of these players. This kid clearly loves the game. Uh, wants to get better. Was playing hard in this game. You know, this is one of those games. It's essentially a preseason game. It's a G League preseason game. Uh, they could have just gotten to shape, but there was a different buzz in the building for sure. Uh, I was actually. I think everyone knew like who was coming over. It was kind of one of those really marquee like yeah, we this we've got to show up for this one. Um, not in the same sense at all because it's a completely different scenario. So I'm not even trying to compare the two, but like the international wise, how like Mike and Pippen woke up for Coach. Like even though they were playing just like another international team, like they woke up specifically because Kukoc was like talked about so much was coming over. It obviously the situations are vastly different. I'm not trying to compare it at all, but yeah, it just that was different because that's the Olympics. Oh this yeah, no, one... oh for sure. I was just I'm more so. I was just like obviously because like with the U.S. With the U.S., it wasn't. At, I mean, at that time, it was wow, the dream team are out and playing. But like this, like they woke up a little bit extra just to try to prove a point. And I was for, for sure. this one, they kind of like woke up a little, like he just woke up a little extra because it's like, oh, this is who I'm going to be standing next to, and he might, if he wants to be the number one pick that bad, he's, he's looking at the guy who might probably going to take a spot. So like, he's like, let me, sure. let me go show what I can do. For sure, and you. Yes, that was the case. That was clearly the case with Scoop. Scoop went at him early. Uh, and that's that's pretty much when I was like, okay, I like this kid. You know, I like what he's about. Kid's got bounce, athleticism, can finish at the rim, under the rim. Uh, reminds me a lot of job, but his game's pretty polished for, you know, I think 18, 19 G Leaguer, right? Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys who go from high school to the G League and then will enter the draft next year. He also has um, an NBA name. Scoot Henderson, he's got a great name. Yeah, like, you like can't he just like there's some people in the NBA that like like LeBron's just a name, like a, just an NBA name. So it just feels like a good NBA name. Like Scoot Henderson feels like he could be a superstar just off namesake. Right, right. So last night I'm watching the BET Hip Hop Awards while doing my paperwork. Right, mm-hmm. I kind of forgot they were on. I knew they were held last week, 
And then when he hit me, he's like, yo, check out the BTF upwards. And I'm like, fuck, I'll check it. You know, just to see who they give the awards to. Like, it's still entertaining. Still got the ciphers. And uh, they had the battle rap, uh, light the light work cipher things on it, right? I didn't watch. That's right. It. I was gonna say I actually didn't watch it. I just got updates on it because obviously I follow the battle rap. And so I recorded it, but I was following along while I'm doing my notes. And I check Twitter, and I see this game's going on, and I see people like this is probably about six minutes into the game, and I see people already being like, "Yeah, when Benyana is the number one pick." Like the game hadn't even like been into the thick of it yet people were like this kid is unreal right so i'm like shit let me maybe i'll watch and actually i left the bet awards right as the battle rap section was going to go on mm-hmm. so i'm like all right i'm recording it i'll check it later let me check on this game and if i don't like it or if you know the intensity's not there or whatever maybe they don't play when a lot i'll go back long story less long i watched the entire game from that point on okay um Wembenyana, you're going to hear a lot of people say over the course of this season when they're talking about him and teams are tanking for him, you're going to hear a lot of people say something like the best prospect since LeBron. Um, from what I saw, you could end it right at best prospect. He's There's nobody I've ever seen like this guy, like this kid, I'll say an 18-year-old kid. He's can you said Giannis and Durant? I'll go a step further. He's got a little bit of Giannis. He's got a little bit of Durant. He's got a little bit of Gobert. He'd be a top 15 pick just off his rim protection. And uh, he's got catch-and-shoot ability. He can put the ball on the floor. He's 7'4 barefoot, so he's got potential to grow. Uh, he is unreal. He's literally but, a creative player. But, cre- but, um, but control of his... But control of every every bo- part of his body. You see a lot of people who are very young, who are seven one, seven two, six eleven, even who don't like the coordination's not there because they haven't grown into their body yet. So it takes them a while, or they never grasp the coordination to really be like a guard type player. Like he could le- legitimately be a guard type player at seven four. Like when we called Porzingis a unicorn because he was seven three, could put the ball on the floor a little bit. Like, no, this is like a legitimate unicorn. This kid's a fucking alien. He really is. He opened the game with a block and then uh, ISO, like, put the ball on the floor, spin move to the basket, I believe. Like, I see people tanking like they did for Pat Ewing. (laughs) You're going to see people shamelessly tanking. I think it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this today. I think it's funny that. The Knicks are always like, oh, let's get a free agent. Let's try to trade for a star. And it never seems to happen since Milo, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here, had they not gone all in on people like Jalen Brunson and such and maybe traded Randall, they could have uh, tanked their way for this guy. Like, what? So the Spurs what? are doing. Yeah, right? Like, what better person? Like, I'm not kidding. Like, They're one for one doing pe- that. If people want to say... LeBron's the best ever prospect. I'm not mad at it, but this is the other guy. Uh, I'm just going to go through a list real quick before we get to like the season stuff. But like, there's a few guys. LeBron's different because I was in like sixth, fifth, sixth grade when I first watched him in high school. So obviously, everything he did looked good, but you could obviously tell he was ahead of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a sure thing, obviously. 
Mello even looked like a short thing. Like Mello had a very oh. mature game at 18, 19. Mello right? is the number one overall pick in 90% of drafts. He just yeah. happened he had just happened to be with LeBron. Happened to be in bronze draft, right? So those two, Durant was a short thing. I remember Durant, like I caught him a couple games into college and I was like, let me see, let me see what this guy's about. Cause I'd seen Odin in high school and you know, Odin had a lot of hype, deserved hype by the way. Like yeah. he didn't pan out because of his body. It wasn't cause he was a bad basketball player. You know, I kind of, I don't like when people call him a bust cause his, his body just couldn't hold together. You know what I mean? Anthony it wasn't, Bennett's a bust. <laughs> Anthony Bennett's a bust. Correct. And even he's not a bust cause he was never supposed to be number one. Yeah, like, he was, was, sorry, For where he was drafted and for what he was supposed to be that 2000, I think 13 draft was like one of the worst draft classes of all time. Right. Like let's say if Wiggins stays on the T wolves or goes to another team, that's not the warriors and just kind of keeps underachieving. That's somewhat of a bust, right? Yeah. Wiggins has always been at least an above average player. Uh, anyway, so you got Durant there. I was going to say, well, I saw Durant a couple games into his season at Texas, and he started the game with, like, I don't know, three or four jump shots. And I was like, yeah. Immediately, I was like, yeah, this, guy, this kid's got it. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's too good for college, you know? Yeah, there's just um, certain players that you don't even have to, like, look at, and you just know. It's like, okay. Like, they're just – Yeah. Uh, John Wall was – I mean, for me, from my memory, John Wall was a surefire thing. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know, like not on the same level as all these, but like I remember watching like John Wall and Anthony Davis; those two were like, yeah, okay, we know what we're getting with these guys. Yeah, John Wall, you could definitely project. I mean, at the time, of course, you project like Hall of Famer from our view as kids. You know, him being, I think we were in the same senior class. So, from my view, this was after the athletic point guard boom, and I can't even really call it that because John Wall was still one of the originals. But this was after D. Rose and Westbrook, and then Wall was the next guy. So Wall looked incredible because it looked like he was more of a pure point guard than the two, yeah. which is still true. I was gonna say uh, he, he had like I was gonna say Wall had a legitimate like Rose and Westbrook are both shoot first, regardless of like Westbrook's numbers now. Like they're both yeah. shoot first guys. Wall was legitimately pass first as a as yeah. that kind of athlete, but he could slash, go get you thirty. Slash and kick, slash yeah. and kick. I was gonna say and he could Ro- go get you thirty. I will say I felt the same way about Rose as far as sure things. Derrick Rose is probably one of my favorite prospects just because incredibly fast. Like him and John Wall are two fastest point guard prospects we've ever seen. Uh, and if you want to throw John there, sure. But these two at the high school level and D Rose at Memphis was just it's fast. Like I can't. And he just played the game. Like he did this one thing. I don't want to get too far off track here. But one thing I used to love about D Rose that he would do always putting pressure on the defense. You get an inbound off a make, push hard, and then, like, advance the ball. You don't see a lot of guards do that. You see a lot of guards just bring the ball up regardless. He'd push the ball up, and then, you know, if the guy on the wing gives it back to him, he's going downhill full speed already. So he was constantly putting pressure on the defense. It's my favorite thing to do in pickup. Right? And, like, uh, I literally love to do it. It's just off because, like, everyone's going back on defense, and I'm like, okay, if I get a full head of steam and no one's feeder set, then that's either a layup for me or an open shot for somebody else. For sure. For sure. So him, and then you mentioned Anthony Davis. He was another one that he wasn't as touted as those guys coming out of high school, but as soon as you saw him at Kentucky, the way he played defense and could rim run, you're like, okay, shit, this guy's going to be a problem. Like, like, he's going to be a problem. You were literally like, at worst, he's Dikembe Mutombo. 
Yeah, and uh, I think the comparison for him, his his base was real Camby, Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby, that's a great. Uh, yeah, that's another. I was gonna say another guy kind of like in that. Like that's the, like his floor is Marcus Camby, and for anyone who doesn't know, Marcus Camby was a very good player. I know a lot of people probably remember him older as just like one of those role player veterans, but him in his actual prime was a very good player. Absolutely, defensive monster. Yeah, uh, and then since then, obviously we've had. Zion and Luca, and the only question about Zion was like, is this real? Because we saw him. I'm not gonna lie, I would kind of put Jaw in that conversation. When I saw Jaw, like when I actually watched Jaw for the first time, I was like, there's no way this guy's not gonna be great. For sure. For me personally, I mean, I mean, I understand. Like, it may not have been a consensus thing, but for me personally, it was like when I watched him, I was like, there's no way he's not great. I guess I'm talking more so hype. Like yeah, yeah that's fair. Hype. That's fair. Jaw didn't have that hype because obviously his hype came right after like the tournament. Like uh, you know, March Madness really helped get his hype going too. I mean, obviously going into it, but like March Madness helped get his hype. Like Zion is the biggest hype since LeBron. In my like, it was probably most the likely, big, yeah, but biggest hoopla around him since LeBron. Yeah, because we saw Zion since he was 14 on Instagram dunking on like five foot eight white kids so we're like so we're like yeah we know this guy is fucking like as athletic as can be but can he really do it then we saw him at duke and then the question was okay can someone who's six 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 seven really can that translate the answer quickly was yes right it can he just Um, needs to be on the floor and let me also say like people have been every year people will try to hype that number one pick like it's one of those guys like we've seen it with with this year with bonchero and chet we saw it with uh, the year it was Fultz, Lonzo, Tatum, that, those guys. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we see it every year where they try to hype it up. This is a year where it's worth it. This guy is going to change a franchise immediately. Whatever team he goes to will be, uh, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. Like, if this kid can stay healthy, and that's my only concern about him because he is so tall, and there is a lot of uh, leg space, mm-hmm. you know, um, Patrick that's my only Ewing. concern. Tim Duncan, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, those guys of um, the Kevin Durant. The second they hit your franchise, you've changed your franchise. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's that's what this kid is, and it's not it's not over exaggerating. Anyone who says that, like it's not crazy. It's like when you saw like when people obviously it was like when people were talking about Trevor Lawrence. When they saw Peyton Manning, when they saw Andrew Luck, it was like these people are going to change your franchise the second they touch it. Like that's it. Like they're just going to change it the second they touch it. And he is every bit again. I'm not. I don't think I'm over exaggerating. Where his ceiling is a mixture of Giannis and Kevin Durant. Giannis was a jump shot. Like, I mean, I mean, he won't be as powerful as Giannis, but like. He could be that he could be as disruptive defensively as Giannis because he does have a Gobert range, but he is a lot more laterally quick than Gobert. So he could have a Giannis impact defensively with a KD offense. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is we just we just don't know because his potential is so endless. Like we've ne- we've literally never seen a prospect like this. Like we've seen Durant coming out of Texas, skinny as hell. 6'9", smooth score, right? Like, kid looked tiny, but smooth score. We can see that. And that was the only question. Again, he quelled that immediately. Got in the league, 
still score, right? Uh, shit, who the fuck else was I going to say? Maybe AD? No. Lost my train of thought. But, and who was it? It was someone like Durant. or Oh, Giannis. Sorry, Giannis. Giannis came in at 6'9". Was drafted, I believe, 13. He was a project. Uh, his draft videos were... You just didn't know what you were looking at, really. Because, you, you know, a lot of these places didn't have stands. Like, it almost looked like he was playing out of high school. You just didn't know what you were looking at. And you could tell by... You could tell he had flashes in year one and year two. You knew there was something there between his length, his wingspan, his motor. his athleticism, his motor. Uh, his, he had passing ability early. And then I think by year three, he goes to 6'11". And then obviously, as we've seen, he's grown each and every year. Yeah, this kid is not nearly as raw as Giannis. He's 7'4", barefoot, with an 8-foot wingspan. Like... You take all of his, like I said earlier, you take all of his offensive ability away, and this kid's already a, a rim-running prospect. And you, like you said, some, some of these bigger athletes, they don't really, they're not smooth or they have to grow into their body. He, if he had no offensive skill at all, and he was just a rim-running, rim-protector prospect, he would go he would be top 15 he at would least. Rudy Gobert. He'd be not only would he be Rudy Gobert, but he'd be a top, he'd be a lottery pick. He moves so well just off that. And then now you add that he's got range, catch and shoot ability, a decently polished offensive game with some handle. I've never seen anything like this kid. He's an he's an alien. He's a creative player. Uh and to me, he's the best prospect I've ever seen. Cause yeah, LeBron, obviously, if you were gonna describe him out of high school, it would be something like a mixture of MJ, athleticism, Magic Johnson, uh, core vision. And Carl Malone's body. And Carl Malone's body. And he was skinnier coming I know he was out. coming, like, he yeah, but I was just, he, he hadn't grown into that body yeah, he yet. Like, he'd grown, he'd, but, yeah. but you'd say, like, oh, this, you know, 6'8", probably 2'10". Who knows what the two, hell he I was. I think 225, I think, at that I point. Was, at that point, you'd say at least he had a man's body. Oh yeah, you well know, I mean look, he walked in. You look now and it looks skinny, but you would at least say he's got a man's body coming out. So you'd say, okay, this kid's NBA ready. He's got uh, core vision. You, you can't convince me he wasn't a top like twenty five player within the like the second he stepped on the floor. Like he, he, exactly. he put up twenty five and five. Like and it's like he he was a top twenty five player before ever playing an NBA game, and he's and, and everyone knew it. He's the chosen one for a reason. And he's lived up and exceeded the hype every step of the way. So if you want to put, think he's exceeded the hype. If you want to put LeBron as the number one prospect, I'm okay with it because he deserves it too. But LeBron is was never, and that's no that's no offense to LeBron because Durant, AD, all these guys, Giannis would probably be the closest thing to an alien as we see in this guy. And even like I said, Giannis was six nine coming in. He wasn't six eleven. Looking, looking as <laughs> crazy. had to grow into being an alien. This kid's just an alien. <laughs> yeah, he's an alien, and he might grow. What if this kid's seven six with three point range, moves out well, and can protect? Like his, I'm not kidding. His numbers are endless. Like he could really come in immediately, average something like twenty two, eleven, two or three assists, and then two blocks and two steals. That's fucking scary. As a rookie, that's just I can't even. I got. It boggles my mind. It bends my mind what he could do to the league. Well, yeah, I mean, and think of like, I mean, think about what, 
I was gonna say, think about like Luca, because obviously he's overseas, so he's playing against different kind of competition than just like the regular college kid. Like think, and how that's Luka, the one I was, that's the one I was gonna mention after Zion too. My fault. I was gonna say Luca came in twenty one eight and six, for, uh, mm-hmm. his rookie year, and it's because he has been playing against grown men for the last four years. He's the one who he had a lot of hype, and we knew about him. Pretty much, it's similar to this one. The only difference is this guy. As mentioned prior, he's an alien, so he draws the attention. Yeah, I was gonna say Luca. Luca, just, Luca looks like a regular. Luca just looks like he walks into a room. You're like, oh, oh, he's bigger. He, he looks like he just looks good. Like, but like we've Luca seen, doesn't we've look seen like Euro a, prospects that look like Luca. Yeah, we um, we don't see this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and because Luca was definitely deserving of the hype. He's another one who I saw and was like, oh shit, I can see it. Oh, yeah, another yeah. one. I was, another one I was gonna throw in. And, uh, you know, I don't like this player as much at all anymore. But one I saw when I, you know, I'll go through people's hoop mixtapes in high school and see, like, all right, is he worth it or not? Because some, there's, like, Wiggins is one who I'm like, all right. I see the athleticism, but I don't. mixtape was stupid. Legendary. Legendary. You can see there's Top five hoop mixtape of all time. Him, Zion, John Wall. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely, oh and you could you could see the T Mac on Wiggins, but you didn't. One thing I couldn't see early with Wiggins was like the jump shot, right? Like, yeah, it was a, it was broken, like, and it, you didn't. I mean, for him, he didn't need it. I mean, obviously, he could put up thirty five in his sleep because of how athletic he was. Everything was at the rim, but the one I saw that I was like, oh shit! Like immediately, you can see he's far ahead, far ahead of everybody. It's Ben Simmons. You could see his passing ability was far ahead. Uh, we didn't know about how. It's hard to say because he does play hard, but he does have a low motor at times too. We saw that at LSU, and we've seen that. If he had a Giannis mentality, he would—he's part alien. No one like because, like, obviously, we're talking about these guys that are like six eight, six nine that can move. Like Ben Simmons is a legitimate six ten and moves like a legitimate one. Like he plays one, he can guard one through five comfortably he can see sees like a one handles like a one like the thing but he's literally a point guard in a 610 body he just doesn't have a shot and that's what it, frustrates about me so much and that in the motor right and uh the shot might not matter depending on how it goes this year as we've seen with draymond i think it's gonna affect draymond but i don't think it's gonna matter as much without him beat and we'll get into that. That's we'll get into the Brooklyn Nets. But with him and KD and Kyrie. And yeah, it's fair. Harris, he is literally an A minus at everything else in the NBA other than scoring a basketball. An A minus. You know, speaking of Draymond, I think he could be. I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say he could be Draymond on steroids. You know what I mean? Like he can just guard the perimeter and post equally as well, yeah. uh, which is why Draymond, in his own right, is such an alien at 6'5, being able to guard on the perimeter. And in the post, uh, maybe not as well as his heyday, the mid 2010s, but still can do it. And Ben Simmons is as good of a perimeter defender as you're going to find at 6'10 and can play the post. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll move off of Wembyana. I have I one question push- for you, for him. Sure. I just want to throw one thing. I yep. throw Shaq in there too because oh gosh, there's probably there was probably nothing they'd ever seen at the time like Shaq. 
and he instantly came in and put up like numbers damn near who's putting up the rest of his career but go ahead and, um, I was going to say another person just for because like, we're talking about surefire prospects another one around the time Grant Hill was an absolute surefire prospect he was like everyone just knew Grant Hill was going to be special but um, uh, so what team would you like to see when by I'm on that's a Sha- good question. Shaq was 23 and 14 when he stepped in the league with three and a half blocks. So, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> was a freak. Let, me throw, let freak. me throw two other ones. I'd be remiss not to say. Um, and I was very Hakeem. young when both people in the league. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I wouldn't even, I didn't even think of him. But yeah, Hakeem, Hakeem was a very hyped one. Uh, but I was going to say Kobe and KG. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Col- Kobe was like a real, like, kind of folklore thing. Uh, and you know he was drafted late, like Giannis as well. I think he went thirteen. Yep. Um, but he probably would have went higher. There's stuff with his agent where you're saying, you know, they're basically engineering to go to the Lakers. So Kobe's yeah. probably in that group because he was pretty polished as a young kid too. And KG because people were talking about KG as like a point power forward too, the six eleven, six ten kid who's real thin with guard skills with defensive potential through the roof. So KG also was kind of like an alien too coming out mm-hmm. but uh what team would i like to see him on honestly after i thought about it today i would have loved to have seen him in new york him as a nick just makes sense uh just because they've been looking for a star and i really don't think they're gonna get one via it's trade better it's like a year star when the meccas of the world are doing great the world's just better again honestly yeah i just i just don't see any i don't want to say any I think the Knicks will get their star eventually, but I don't see it. Like, we would have thought by now, well, it depends on how you feel about the Knicks. Like, the Knicks have been a joke of a franchise for the last 30 years, but, you know, I don't... I find it hard to believe they're going to get someone... Like, Donovan Mitchell, I could see them getting a star like that, right? Like, yeah. that's who they're all summer. I see that tier of a star, not uh, Luka, uh a Giannis, I don't see that for them. So I, you know, I thought this was the best pass. So I, I would have liked to have seen him on the Knicks uh, for the for the lower class teams. Which, by the way, still is a possibility if the Knicks fall out of the playoff race. We got a loaded East. Who knows who will get it? You know what I mean? Uh, the Spurs are clearly angling to get him. I wouldn't mind seeing them there, adding some life to Pop. You know, because Pop seems to be on his way out. But who knows? Maybe he gets Wembanyama. Coaches another five years. Uh, so I think that would Lakers. Uh, I would hate to see him on the Lakers. See, nah, see, I, mean, I, would, I would see. I'd like it for the. I would like it just for like the big star on the Lakers. I just the situation he'd be going into. I'd hate. There's one team in my mind right now that I would love him on. And that team, uh, and that team for me is the Hornets. I think him and I think him and Lamelo together would be special. That's possible, but I think the Hornets are a terrible franchise. With I mean, they just rehired Steve Clifford. Yeah, no, they kind of they're aimless. So they it's seem hard. Aimless. It's hard because like I'm thinking more team wise, not like because like obviously you've got to think of the culture. That's why the Knicks fit because like you want you want him not in a small market. You want him in a bigger market because you want him to uplift something. Like obviously, I, I mean, he doesn't have to be because Giannis is in Milwaukee. But, like, I, I don't know. There's a part of me sometimes that wish Giannis wasn't in Milwaukee. Even though he fits that team now, so, like, he, I, all I think is Giannis Milwaukee. But there's this part of me that just wishes that he wasn't. But also, you can put a small 
you can put a small team like that on the map if you are that great. So that's cool too. Like maybe the Wizards would be interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the most intriguing ones because they already have a lot of young talent would be the Rockets, uh, and then obviously OKC too. Yeah, and, Shen, and Houston. They got a lot. That would be, be, be a great bad now. Houston. They've got oh, a lot of young talent. With the Thunder um, having Chet and Wimpy Hum, that would be so tall. <laughs> they that would be a very oh long my throw. goodness, that would be uh, so le- that could that could be the most lethal inside like shot blocking crew. It's true, but we never know. I mean, I know when the Bulls got Derrick Rose, I think they had like a one point seven percent chance. They had a very small percent chance. They were, I believe, they were a playoff team the season before. If not, or no, they couldn't have been if they were in the lottery, but they were probably one of the last spots before the playoffs, maybe like a nine seed. Uh, so you never know. And, you know, just because you got the most odds doesn't mean you get the top pick. I wouldn't mind. I, anybody this kid goes to, it's going to be must-see TV. I would love for him to go to a place with a blank slate. Uh, I mean, him going to San Antonio with Pop, one of the three to five greatest NBA coaches, you can't go wrong there. You can't go wrong with that infrastructure. Uh, you have the Tony Parker French connections too. Then be in there. The Euro influence, the international influence, the Spurs in general have had. So I mean, you can't go wrong with them as a franchise. Uh, but my first thought today was the Knicks, just because, like I said, they're always in the market for a star. And you know, it seems like like the Zion draft. They could have had Zion or Ja. They fell to three, and they got R.J. Barrett, which, in all honesty, is still a great thing. But, of course, they'd probably prefer Ja or Zion, obviously. Uh, this was the year. This is the biggest you know, prospect since then, for sure. This, and definitely, like I said, the greatest. Yeah. And uh, they're going all in on the playoffs. Maybe Fine. they can rig you know, the balls again for it. They could, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll get to rig it. Maybe we'll get some more draft conspiracy shit this year. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out because you're going to see team, you're going to see teams shamelessly tank in ways we haven't seen probably since Luca. I would actually um, another before we move on because we have spent more time on Wimbayama than I thought we were going to. But it's fine. He deserves it. But um, one team that I, he won't go to because they're going to be a playoff team. I would like to actually see him in Toronto. I think that. He could put a whole country on his back. I he would fit Toronto very well. I too, think he would because with would. Nick Nurse, you have Fred Van Vliet there. You have Siakam. I think because I right now I think they're a superstar away from like really being perennial contenders. Because like obviously they're a tough team. They're well coached. They have everything. Scotty Barnes is good. Like they have pieces, but I think that if they were to just implant him, my lord. And he fits. Uh, he fits that team. I think that that would be perfect for him. That's what could be interesting is if one of these teams that we think is a playoff team, if one of their big stars get injured, that because that's how Tim Duncan ended up on the Spurs. I mean, Spurs were doing fine with David Robinson. They were in the conference finals a couple of years before perennial playoff team. Mm. David Robinson, I think, plays less than ten games that season. Goes out for the season. Uh, they tank more or less. And then they get Tim Duncan the next year. And then you got David Robinson healthy. And uh, you got a top 50 player of all time with 
what turns out to be the greatest power forward of all time, even though he's uh, a center. But that's a conversation yeah, for another day. Like an, an easy top ten player of all time. Just, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but if there, I would love knows? to see him. I'd love to see him in Toronto. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see him on the Heat, but like, I just don't see that happening. The Heat are naturally not gonna. I don't. I they they could lose Jimmy and still make the playoffs. But um, I I just think Toronto would just fit him very well. I agree with that. They already, try speak, to build- already speaks a little French up there. The French, little French Canadian. They can kind of kind of talk to the fans. I think. I'm mean, not that. That's the only thing. But like. I, I mean that's Montreal. I, don't I know. know it's, I know it's it's different. <laughs> um, but um, I, I just I think that he could fit Toronto very well, and they'd be the best prospect they've ever had, and the best homegrown person per se since Vince Carter. Possibly, I I'm very interested to see. Like I could see the Knicks, I really could. Like if things don't go their way, if they're in that playing zone, and maybe one of those guys gets injured, where they kind of like, oh, it's not the worst thing if we lose games because they're still in position, you know. So let's uh, let's move off Wemby and uh, let's get to some NBA questions. Ken, you want to hit me with one, or you want me to hit you with one? Uh, where, where you want? You start off. You start off, and I'll go from there. Let's go from there. Mine are fairly generic, but. Uh, by the way, the other star of last night's game, I just want to get this out of the way. Player on that French team that Wembignana plays on. His name is Steve, double E, Steve. Steve Ho-U-Fat is his last name. Oh. H-O-U-Fat. My favorite player of all time immediately. So, yeah. That, that, was, that, that, was, other, that, that, that was an all-time name. That was the other highlight of last night's game. So I just want to get out that out the way. Uh, generic question for you, though, Keenan. Give me a breakout player from this year. That's extremely generic, but give me one. It doesn't have to be uh, into superstardom necessarily. You know, like the way maybe a Anthony Edwards kind of leapt from talent to prospect to star last year. It could be even a breakout as far as Bane going from rotation player to a max, probably max contract guy you know he's he might be an all-star kind of kind of guy so give me a breakout player hmm. give me just half a second i was not prepared for this question at all so i gotta just think for half a second the first the first person that comes to my mind is darius garland takes the next step that's the first one that came to my mind. I was look. I'm looking at the teams right now, so I'm just siphling through the rosters in my head. And Darius Garland also was like he's been working every year. Obviously, he's he was an All Star last year. I feel like he can. I feel like next year he could be bordering superstardom, like the top five point guard in the game conversation has to have him in it. Mm. That kind. I got, I love his game. I think especially with when him having Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley is another person who could elevate too. Doesn't say as we were talking about a little bit because we were talking obviously NFL is going on when the trade happened for Mitchell. This team in a few years could be very very dangerous. So I think, and I think, I think this team this team this year could be. Dangerous. Oh, I was gonna say they could definitely be dangerous, but I mean like. By dangerous, I mean like exactly where like Milwaukee and Boston are. Like I think this year they're not 
I don't want to put them as a top two team. I think they're a team that could give teams problems and they could definitely make a run. But I mean, like, perennially, like, they are preseason picks to be if people progress as they could and they get a couple more role players. Oh, for sure. But, but, uh, da- but Darius Garland guys- going to about borderline superstar status is my breakout. I like that. Yeah, because all their young guys, Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and Jared Allen, they're mm-hmm. all impact guys right now. Like, yeah, they all, oh, definitely. You, you put them on any team. Obviously, we've seen it with Mitchell. He's been to the playoffs. Uh, but you put them on any team, they're going to make that team better, either mm-hmm. one of those four guys. Uh, my breakout player, he's kind of unheralded. We've seen him. Uh, he low-key is one of the best shooters in the league. And you wouldn't really think of it that way, just based on how he plays. Uh, Anthony Simons. Ooh. Uh, I don't know what Portland's going to be. This league is incredibly deep. Like this is Portland's another person we could get one by. Him and Dame. Yeah, Port- yeah, low key Portland. If or they tra- trade, or they trade Dame, Dame too, and they start start anew. If they traded Dame, or if Dame got injured, or if anybody from their core got injured, and uh, you know they were on the outside looking in on the play-in situation. Yeah, that could, that's someone who could immediately rejuvenate Dame if he's still there. Like, if he wasn't traded and they were just having a poor season. Mm-hmm. That's actually that's a great point. Uh, granted, they have extremely unlucky history with centers. But, yeah, yeah Anthony e. Simons would be my breakout player. He had a great season last year uh, with Dame being out, holding the four down, had a lot of big scoring performances, plays with energy, uh, still young. I don't have it right in front of me, but if I had to guess, he's still under twenty three. Um, yeah, uh, he's just turned. He's twenty three. He turned twenty three this year. And uh, yeah, go look at this kid's shooting numbers because they might surprise you. They're in like the catch and shoot numbers are in like the Clay Thompson, Desmond Bain. He's been he's been forty percent last two years from three. That's not showing the catch and shoot. That's just showing his overall percentage. It's been forty two. Point six two years ago last year was forty point five. Uh, give me a breakout team as well. Breakout team. Um, I mean, I guess I mean with mine to be the Cavs, but break breakout team as in a team that like couldn't make the playoffs, but they now will. Or do you want like a team that could climb up the rankings? Or I just want to know exactly which way to go about it. Breakout team. We didn't see them coming, and that oh shit, now they're in the playoffs fighting for a spot or near the playoffs, but they're, they're giving teams problems and we never saw it coming. Um, kind of like the Grizzlies with Jai, I guess. Like the, okay. So, um, if that's the case, I would go, I think I want to go with the Pistons. I'd agree with that. I like, I was, I like the, I was say Jaden Ivy. You've got obviously Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes can shoot. Sadiq Bay, Marvin Bagley, like they've got they've got a bunch of just young guys who like if they can kind of do a little bit what the Cavs did last year. Not that they're gonna be exactly like that, but like the Cavs just had a bunch of young talent and they started to round it into form. So like I think what the I think the Pistons roster is interesting and they could round into form to be Oh, they're fighting for an eight seed with the Knicks and the Hornets and like those kind of teams. So I could see the Pistons fighting. I completely agree with that. 
that's probably what my answer would have been. But since you said it, I'll say another team in that same exact position who's very young, that has a ton of talent. They're going to be fun to watch. I don't think they're as ready as the Pistons, but I also do think things broke right. They could be there, and that would be the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Uh, they've got a ton of young talent. Uh, Bonchero can score in the league right now. Like, he's, you know, offensively, he is a sure thing. He's got mm-hmm. – his his game's impressive. You know what I mean? Of yeah. that – of that Tatum ilk when he came in, you're like, oh, he can get you a 20 immediately. That I was say, there are some years in the draft where you get your super superstars. Like, obviously, you get, like, the transcendent people that we were talking about. And then there's some years in the draft where the number one overall pick every year doesn't have to be the most transcendent player in the entire world. Like, but you get a franchise guy there. He can definitely be a franchise, one of the best players on a championship team kind of guy. And Bull Bull might actually get some run now. So he might actually be able to show his potential to who I've, I've been in love with forever. Because he fe- Bull Bull feels like what I want Wimbayama to be. Because yeah, Bull, was, Bull, Bull Bull's the original Wimbayama. He, he feels exactly what I wanted him to be. 7-2 with a handle, with a J, can play, can brim protect. That's exactly what I wanted Bull Bull to be. Only thing with Bowl Bowl is he might be 160 pounds. Uh, also, the Magic have damn, I forgot they had Bowl Bowl. They still have Jonathan Isaac too. Yeah, no, they and and Mo Bamba like they they have such long. They just Wendell Carter like they've just they retained Bamba. They still got Bamba. I was say as of right now, that's what their roster is telling me. So <laughs> yeah, that's what their roster is telling me right now. Damn, because I thought last year was going to be his last year. Yeah, but, I uh, did too. But yeah, no, they Keenan, they have Keenan, hold up, Keenan, Keenan, listen to this. Listen to this. I didn't. <laughs> I just looked on his Wikipedia page to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, he attended Cardigan Mountain School in Canaan, New Hampshire. Isn't that like on the other side of Island Pond? Yeah, Canaan. <laughs> Canaan's where yeah. I play my softball tournament every year. <laughs> Wait, Mo, Mo Bamba was just, Mo Bamba was just over there chilling. I guess Mo Bamba, Mo problems over in Canaan, Vermont. What was doing Canaan, nothing? Oh, sorry, Canaan, Canaan New Hampshire. Sorry, there's Canaan, Vermont, and Canaan, New Hampshire. Like the Canaan's like right there. I think there's they fucking might as well be the same no, thing. No, no. I honestly think there's part of Canaan that's in Vermont, and there's part of Canaan that's in New Hampshire. Like that's <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, oh, next question. Okay. Give me a struggle player. A so struggle last, player. Last year, I would have said this would probably... So last year was probably James Harden, right? Like, we all saw he wasn't the same, and people kind of piled it on him. And we'd see him blatantly quit on the Nets. Uh, didn't have the greatest performance with the Sixers in the playoffs either. Just didn't look the same. Uh, so who would you say that would be this year? Struggle, player you just see who's normally prominent. Doesn't have to be an old player either. Could be, could be right in the middle of his prime. The player you just see taking a step back or you just see people in general being like, fuck this guy. Uh, uh, I got, I I'm, I'm going to think of two. Towns. I'm going to try to think of two because one's the simple one for me and it's DeAndre Ayton. Okay, that's a good one. I think that, I think that, I just think, but I also think that's one that just comes straight to mind, like a very simple one. So I'm going to try, you talk about yours. I'm going to try to think of another one here while I'm just looking at some rosters. But DeAndre Ayton would be the guy. Obviously, he he doesn't look happy, even though he signed there. Um, it, 
I, he just doesn't look happy there in Phoenix, and I could see him. That team will still be good, but that team seems a little wonky to me. I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to give away my thoughts, but he, he said wonky. I said uh, well, I said Willy Wonky. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't want to give away too much, but I mean, I'm kind of on the same ilk. I actually think this player is going to be maybe not better, but I think he'll still average what he's been averaging. Actually, you know what? I said James Harden last, but another one who was a struggle player and he didn't even play it last year was Ben Simmons. People hated on him, too. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think this is going to be kind of that ilk. I think he will still have the numbers, but I've already seen it. People fucking hate this guy. I've been a fan of this guy, and I'm. I think I'm going to go the opposite way on him as well. And it's Devin Booker. I think he's going to have a good year. And I don't want to bleed into the question too much, but you just kind of already alluded to it, Keenan. I don't think Phoenix is going to be the same as the last two years, and I think it's just going to pile on. I oh, think so you know Booker could average twenty five five and three or whatever twenty five five and five. People are not going to give a fuck because of what happened last year. Uh, yeah, because and, uh, they're now, they put themselves in a category to where playoff success is really all that matters. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously, there are certain teams, like, as we we're talking about with the Cavs, the Cavs could have a little bit of a down spell. And it's not that it's okay because obviously they're a team with a lot of talent, but they didn't put them, they haven't been perennial Western Conference or Eastern Conference for them powerhouses for the last couple of years the suns have been so with there being so many good teams the clippers emerging obviously because they've gotten healthy the nuggets emerging because they've gotten healthy the timberwolves added rudy gobert the pelicans are gotten healthier with zion there's a bunch of teams that are gotten better and the suns got a little worse so it's like and they didn't even make any moves either doesn't say that's why they got worse they haven't they didn't make any moves and i don't if we if the Chris Paul that showed up from games five through seven shows up this year. That they got worse, but um. Well, I don't think, I don't think they got worse because they didn't make any moves. No, I just, um, I just mean like from I, where I thought where they were at the end of like the last. I guess they just got because last year they were sixty four and eighteen, and it was because Chris Paul was playing at such a high level. They made zero moves. And if Chris Paul got worse, that means their teams got naturally like down a little bit. I don't mean like they got like tremendously worse. I just think they I, came down and then other teams went up. But hold your thoughts on that because that's we might elaborate on that in a second. Give okay. me your breakout. Give me your struggle player first. <sighs> or you gave me one. You said DeAndre. What's, who's get, your other? Um, I am going to say Rudy Gobert. Interesting. Why? Um, again, I didn't fully like the trade. I still don't like the trade. One, I think the Timberwolves gave up a lot for him. Uh, two, I I, I, they gave up a lot, a lot for him. And then two, I think the Carl Anthony Towns Rudy Gobert dynamic won't work. Personally, I don't and even know, even though, like, even though if you wanted two bigs, Carl Anthony Towns would probably be one of them because he is a lethal three point shooter. I you just, can play high with him, you could play high low with him. I just, it's so you think he, you think he takes a step back because he I just, is, I, think, I just think he's, I, I just don't think he fits that team. 
That team to me, that. that team to me, they felt like a team that got up. I mean, Rudy Gobert doesn't run the floor great. He can, but he's not like for for obviously he's long, but he's slower. So he's not like a Rob Williams who's literally a rim runner. Um, he's a guy who his uh, his best defense comes when he's set, but he's not great in the pick and roll, which is why he can get exposed in the playoffs because someone like Luca, if you get Rudy Gobert on him on the outside, that's a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Again, Rob Williams, I'm just using him because he's, to me, probably the best center defender in the league right now. He's someone where if you switch out, you saw in the Warriors series last year, it wasn't a mismatch. At any point, mm-hmm. like he can switch on to anybody, which is why I thought he's. A, I think he's a better defensive player than Rudy Gobert. But like, I just think with Towns not being great defensively, Rudy Gobert in certain senses can be not a liability, but can hurt you defensively just depending on what kind of style of team you're playing. And then offensively, Rudy Gobert not being a potent like potent guy, I just think that team it was. You build it around Anthony Edwards, and I don't think the team's built around Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards should be on a team that can get out and run. I'd agree with that. It sounds, I mean, we have the next question here, a struggle team. It sounds like the Timberwolves are your struggle team because that sounded more like a, your Gobert analysis sounded more like a T-Wolves rather than a player-for-player player thing. Yeah, I, so think, like, what do you, I, I think, what do you think that he, I was thinking, because I think Gobert is, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I think it's really hard for Gobert to be a struggle player because I don't like his arms and his feet are still going to work, which means that he's going to be a force rim protecting every single year unless his hand eye coordination for some reason just dwindles. And offensively, you never ask a lot of him. So it's really hard for him to be a struggle player. So for him to not be as good as he once was, it has to be where he where he is and what his role is. Let me ask you this: Do you think he? Do you think the Timberwolves improved defensively all around? Improved? No, I think I honestly think, and I think they made a lateral move. I agree. I, I don't like. I think do they you, gave away think- a lot to make a lateral move because I don't. Rudy Gobert to me, them adding Rudy Gobert did not make them any higher in my power rankings in my standings. They're I agree with all that. Yeah. I guess I'm saying he's the best interior defender. Do you think he at least brings a presence there? Or do you think it's, do you think it'll be a moot point is basically what I'm saying. Like you think, I, I think it, cause my, what I think, what I think in the regular season, you're going to see him make a little bit of an impact and maybe affect the Timberwolves by like three wins. I think in the postseason it's going to be a moot point because that's when teams really uh, implement their game plans. And I think if they see, say, the Warriors, they're just going to put Rudy Gobert in so many pick and rolls that it's not going to matter. He's going to get caught away from the basket way too much to where his impact isn't felt. Or the Grizzlies, or the Mavericks, or the Nuggets. The Nuggets would be the one team that possibly just because Jokic is down by the basket, but even Jokic can take him outside. Jokic can take him out. So it's... I just at Clippers as well. I just think that the with him and how that team is and how the West is, I just it's really hard for me to see him making a huge impact in the playoffs because he didn't make one with the Jazz really. So I don't think I just don't think the Timberwolves changes that scenario for me. So I think they made a lateral move and it's kind of a moot point when it comes to the playoffs. 
All right. And he's your, to be clear again, so he's your struggle player. Is that your struggle team, though, the Timberwolves? Are you also saying that's your struggle team? They would be my struggle team, yes. Do you see them falling out of the playoffs type of struggle team? They mm. were the seventh seed last year. Do you see mm. them fall back to the play-in? But, like, uh, do you see them falling to the eight or falling all the way around? Do you see them jumping up to the six? Um, I think they're still in the play-in. I, okay. I, I think they're good. And I think with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and, I mean, Rudy Gobert is still not – obviously, he's not a bad player. I'm not trying to make it seem like that at all. But I think with those three, I think that it's going to be really hard to be out of the playoffs. So, but I don't think I can easily think of six better teams right now in the in the West. So, Absolutely. so they're definitely going to be a play play in team, and it really comes down to say how like the Pelicans develop, or if the Lakers can manage to trade Russ or get something out of him, or what it, like what we see out of Dame cuz Dame obviously has enough so like if Portland can get something going um how obviously how the Suns still are because the Suns are may fall down the uh they fall down the conference standings but they still are going to be in the playoffs they're still going to be a tough team so it really all depends on how like those teams around that area do to where their seating would be but they could possibly be an 8 Around a, around, I think they'll be around the seven to nine range again, anyways, and they may or may not make the playoffs. I don't want to give anything away of what I'm feeling. Any other struggle team candidates in the West? Not really. I mean, I guess anywhere. I mean, just pro- no, no, I'm, no, I'm just thinking. I'm talking kind of out loud. In the West, not really. I mean, possibly the Lakers, but again, they went thirty three and forty nine last year, so. How much more can they get worse than that? Um, in the East, possibly the Hawks. Mm. I think the I think the Bulls right now. I think the Bulls might be too, just because I think the Bulls are going to be missing Lonzo, and I think Lonzo is such a pivotal part to that team. So it's kind of more injury wise than it is like they're just team kind of falling. But I think the, that. That falls that falls into the category. Struggle okay, team, you know? then, okay then I would go then I would go the Bulls. I think they were the sixth seed la- they were the sixth seed last year. I think they could fall with that. They're definitely gonna be in the play in game for me. It's just I think Lonzo is such an important piece to that team because he controls the offense, plus he's their best defender. Like best wing defender, maybe just their best defender in general. Um so I think him missing him is going to be very hard. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot for that team to kind of overcome throughout the year and the East, as we were talking about, a lot of teams in that pretty to really good middle. So I could see them being in one of the struggle teams. Uh, I would agree with the Bulls. I don't think I don't want to give away too much because I really haven't gone through any of the teams yet, or you know how we do our standings. Mm-hmm. But if you just ask me right now, do the Bulls make the playoffs? I would think because what they were a five seed last year. They were a six seed last year. They were because they were like a t- three seed, but then Lonzo got injured, and then they just towards the end of the year they just kept falling and falling and falling. Yeah, and the league kind of caught up. Yeah. Um I would say if they're not out of the playoffs, I think they'd at least be a a playing team. I don't think they're going to be as good as last year, and a lot of that has to do with Lonzo. So I think they're going to struggle. Uh, we alluded to it. I think Phoenix 
is going to struggle big time. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Ayton doesn't even want to be there. I don't know if you heard his interview when they asked him about Monty Williams benching him in game seven, what he said, how he was like, yeah, I'm just here to work, man, blah, blah, blah. Vibes ain't right there. No, uh, that team That team is, for a team that you thought, because <laughs> they were up 2-0 on Milwaukee, for a team at that point, you're like, wow, Chris Paul's going to get their ring and blah, 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 and everything. And then obviously Giannis went, nuclear and did his thing which is fine you lost to an all-time great player you go through the season again you play with a chip on your shoulder 60 64 and 18 look like the best team in the comp in the league and then lucas snatches your soul and from that point on they've just they like the off season was awkward their team now is awkward and it feels like it's going to be Devin Booker, who's really good, Chris Paul, who's aging, DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't want to be there, and some good role players. So it's gonna, it just looks it's they're just going to be a weird team this year. Yeah, they they took a shit in the conference. Was it no? It wasn't the conference no, it was finals? Semis. Finals. They took a shit in a game seven, unlike anything we've ever seen. I've never uh-huh. seen a worse performance in a finals game or in a, in a playoff game. In a game like, seven. In a, in a game seven. I've never seen a worse performance. Luca had mo- as much as they did at the half. Like, yeah, that Luka. is, cr- and he only had twenty seven. I mean, not, I only I say only twenty seven, not to highlight the fact because twenty seven and a half is incredible for one player. I say that to say an entire team in twenty four minutes of basketball had around twenty seven points or thirty points. It's like real thirty in a, the game seven on your home floor. Playing for your playoff life. That's what you bring to the table. Embarrassing. Exactly. So there's only two ways you can go from there, and that's either super motivated or you never recover. I don't think they ever recover. I, I don't know I what agree. happens. I think by February, we see a different iteration of this team, whether that's Aiton's gone, whether that's Chris Paul's gone. They will not be the same. And they're my struggle. is going to stay, and then the rest of the team can go. So like I'm, I mean by that I mean like everybody on that team is going to be in some sort if, of rumor or I mean could be anyone's expendable I should say. And if they are all still together, I think they're going to be all fucking miserable, and you know they'll be in the six sixty range. Like I just don't. It has nothing to do with talent because I think as constructed. Oh by the way, Jay Crowder wants out. He's still there. As constructed, they're still as good as anybody. I mean, they were a 64-win team last year. Shit, who's to say if they don't at least compete in that Game 7 and get beat by Luka and the Mavs? They come back a little more motivated. They got manhandled, as you say. Uh, I'm going to keep it PG today. I won't say other things I was going to say on that team. But, yeah, the Suns are my number my son, the Suns are my number one candidate for that team. And then in the East, if we want to give an Eastern team two, it would be the Celtics of Boston for me. I'm pretty worried about this team. Uh, they've already been struck by the injury bug with Gallinari. Rob Williams is going to be out probably till December, January. Who knows? And he's often injured. He's had two knee surgeries over the past six months, I believe. Uh and then the Adoka situation, which is still developing. Maybe I'll go more in depth with that next week. I I I, I want to keep getting more information because from what I've seen, it feels weird. Like I don't know. Like it's 
a cons- there was a consensual relationship with a subordinate, which is against Boston's rules, and then they basically said nah for the season, and it's probably looking like they're going to just say goodbye for his future there. He might get another coaching opportunity somewhere else because he did show to be a very good coach. So it's just, it's a weird, awkward situation. It came out of nowhere. It was semi uncomfortable, like not like uncomfortable in the sense of like something just grotesque and thing. It was just like a, like what? I was so shocked when I, I was like, I read that. I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, what? Yeah, I'll what? give a quick question. I'll give a quick, quick rundown. So now three weeks ago, I believe, a Woj report comes out between 11 p.m. and midnight Eastern time about how a suspension has been handed down to Adoka. And that's really it. That's all we knew was that it was a team-sanctioned suspension. That's all we knew, right? Details came out a little bit later. Shams released a report saying it was due to an improper relationship. Cool. That kind of seemed weird because it's like, damn, why would the Celtics leak that? What the fuck does it matter if he had an improper relationship? Yeah, that, that's, that was the part that got me because it made it feel like something bad happened within that relationship to cause that. That was my original thoughts, too. Then the day goes by. I believe that was a Wednesday into a Thursday. So then the work day goes by. I go to basketball. I'm thinking by the time I get out of basketball that we will have more details emerged. We had more rumors emerge, but not details the way I thought. Fast forward a few days later, the Celtics hold a press conference. They didn't give much details. It actually might have even been the next day. It might have been that Friday. Yeah, I believe it was that Friday. Wick, the owner, and Brad Stevens, they hold a press conference. Brad Stevens gets emotional about how uh, women staff employees' names have been dragged through the mud from people trying to figure out who the affair was with, this and that. Um, And the more we find out about it, they didn't say much at that press conference. We found out from the Celtics media day, they didn't really know shit. And it wasn't even just like, keep from the media, herky-jerky type shit. No, they really don't know what the hell went on. Uh, And then we find out from that press conference that the leak of the original story comes out from Adoka's side, seeming to be ahead of the story. Uh, and everything that we've heard since, because we haven't heard much, which is rare in this day and age, uh, seems to be that it's a legal matter. And we've heard from other... Uh, by the way, my initial initial reaction to this when this first came down from Woj was... I was pissed. I was like, what kind of fucking chatty patty TMZ kind of report is that? He's He's suspended, but we can't say why. And then we find out it's for a consensual relationship. And it just seemed like, what the fuck is this story out for? You know, like I was really, and that was after me and you had done an NFL podcast. And I was about to say, because we were alluding to NBA, I was going to say how I love the NBA and I love the NFL, but I love how the NFL has on-field storylines. And the NBA has become borderline TMZ. Like the best part about following the NBA now is the off the court drama more so than on the court, you know, especially if you're a casual fan, let's say, right? Yeah. Uh, and then more detail, like the more details we've heard here and there on the rumor tip from, especially from people like Matt Barnes, is that Udoka will be lucky if he ever coaches again. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like a legal matter. It seems like we will find out 
seems like the Celtics will find out more as time goes on. Uh, like, it really seems like all of us, including the Boston Celtics, or they probably know more, but it seems like a lot of us are in the dark about it because no one really knows because it's such a legal matter. So, I mean, I got to apologize because, again, I thought the Celtics handled this terribly to begin with. But then we find out Udoka leaked the story or his team leaked the story. Uh, the Celtics hired outside counsel to do an investigation, uh, which is something like the Browns didn't do with Deshaun, it seems like. You know, they kind of had their own person go in, you know, made Deshaun seem innocent. So we'll find out more in the coming weeks. Doesn't seem like he'll be back in Boston, which is unfortunate. I've heard some wild rumors. I will repeat them. Um, but all that to say, I, you know, I think that's going to have a huge effect on this team. That was two, three weeks ago on the eve of the season. Actually, sorry. Yeah, it was two weeks ago because media day was last Monday. So this was just it's still fresh. Uh, there's no way that does not have an effect on the Celtics. There's no way you can tell me they're going to have another rookie head coach who wasn't even their lead assistant last year. You can't tell me he's going to lead them back to the finals. After they were going into the season, the favorites to win the title, I just don't see it. I don't see them taking a huge slide. I don't see them giving up home court. But I do not see them being a top three seed. I'll say that. And maybe they will. Maybe if maybe that defense stays. Maybe the defensive infrastructure stays. But a big part of Udoka was how he held his stars accountable. They're young stars, so that you know they're going to kind of they're going to be harder to reel in. Than a, than a veteran. So, you know, he was a great hire, and I don't see how they don't take a slide back, and especially with Rob Williams out, you know, being the anchor of that defense. He was the whole reason why that defense performed so well, on top of us having plus perimeter defenders. But I don't see any way that this team, A, improves or, you know, wins the ring. I don't. Unless they come out and they're super motivated and they look exactly the same, but I... I can't imagine that with all the chaos that's going on. Yeah, I I still like them. I still think that they're they're still a team that they're going to be obviously a tough out. They're a very good they're a very good team. We're going to see if they're still a very well coached team, but the thing that you have going for you is even though you have a lot of young people, you have a lot of young veterans. Young vets. We got Brogdon. The Gallinari trade was going to be good. He gets injured. I wish we would have picked up Melo. We got Blake Griffin instead. Yeah, but like you have, I was going to say, with your team, I was going to say, with your team, you've got Marcus Smart can be a leader. Jason Tatum, if he, Jason Tatum needs to take that next step and be more of a vocal leader. Um, he's a guy who kind of like Kevin Durant leads with his play rather than leads with like his voice. And I think especially this year with, um, with there being a new coach. I think he's going to have to lead more. And then another thing you do have going for you too is I understand he doesn't want to step out, but you still have the voice of Brad Stevens. So you still have a respected basketball voice in the infrastructure. So I, I think you guys may be a little bit better than you are feeling, but I understand the concern completely. Uh, yeah, I just think they're going to take a step back. And I think it'll especially be harder earlier than later because, again, you're just throwing in a coach you know, two weeks on the job, basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and I did not watch. They played Sunday. They had their first preseason game against Charlotte, and they look good defensively from the clips I've seen, but I didn't actually watch that game, obviously, due to football. So 
And I'm not sure if they're playing tonight. I haven't really checked. I got home and we instantly jumped on here. Oh, yeah. They're in the fourth quarter right now, actually. But, uh, yeah, I'll give them a look. The season starts week after next. So, you know, maybe I'll catch one or two of their games, especially if they're during the week. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not – I'm not completely pessimistic, but I'm not optimistic either. I just don't see a path for them to go to the finals unless, you know, they're fucking world beaters or some shit. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll see. We'll see. That was a long topic because, you know, I obviously gave the the Adoka rundown I said I wasn't going to give. <laughs> but uh, Keenan, my last question, because I know you got questions too, and this is a long-ass pod so far already. Give me a player you think will be traded this season. Um, I'm going to exclude Kevin Love because his name's been in it for half a decade now and he hasn't been moved. Seems that way. <laughs> it's literally every single year. It's like, yeah, Kevin Love's going to be moved. No, he won't be. Um, so I think at some point Westbrook's going to be moved. I think at some point Aiton's going to be moved. Um, but I want to give a random one. I I did, but those two I actually I genuinely feel those two people are going to be moved. I think Aiton's the situation there is just going to become too much, and he's got to and he's going to kind of request out, and the Suns are going to feel the need to move on, and then Westbrook. I think they're going to finally find a deal with the Pacers and just get it through, because which they should have done months and months and months ago. They shouldn't let these picks hold them up. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Westbrook's a tricky one. He's the trickiest one because people would say the hardest person to trade in the league. Uh, Aiden, I don't know about either because I feel like they could have traded him this whole summer, you know? Uh, I just think it's going to be worse than they even thought. It could be, but I mean, I feel like they could have either let him go in restricted free agency or they could have, they could have traded him. I mean, they knew what the, they knew there was issues, you know? Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, he might not. I just also, I think it'd be smart for them to have moved on, but that's me. Um, obviously, Bradley Beal gets thrown into fake rumors all the, all the time. Oh, yeah. Doesn't say his team. And he always say, says he wants to stay. He said he wants to be the Dirk of uh, the Wizards, whatever that means. <laughs> but, he, wants to, he wants to be there for 22 years, and be, or 21 years, I think it is. Because Kobe there was for 20. Dirk wanted to be one more than Kobe. Um uh, Shouts to DC, by the way. But uh, I don't have another one other than those two right now. I'm going to give you a random one, and we'll probably talk about it more next week or the week after whenever we do our preview pod. But uh, I don't necessarily believe it, but I don't necessarily not believe it either by Anthony Davis. Hmm. I was not thinking that, but honestly, interesting. Or LeBron? I, Could you imagine LeBron gets moved? Whew. Well, he can't because he had a no trade yeah, clause. Uh, he would have to want out. Otherwise, I would. I think that would be an interesting tor- storyline if he didn't have the no trade clause and he didn't extend himself. Because, I mean, I don't know. This is the first year. It seems like Braun is content with not competing for it because they're clearly on the outside looking in. You know what I mean? I could see them being a six seed if everything goes right. I do think at they'll be max. better. I do think they'll be better. Um, for me, at least but, for me, at max, I could see them as a six seed. 
But I mean, who knows? Let's say I do think it's interesting, and I don't think people talk about this enough. The only season LeBron has had a fully healthy season with them was the year we had a three or four month break for COVID. Yeah, they had the bubble. Other than that, he's missed substantial time. Uh, if you get, let's say you get 70, 70 to 75 games out of LeBron this year, and let's say you definitely get uh, at least all NBA level performance from AD, what does that mean exactly? You know what I mean? Where does that put them? That's, that's an interesting thing to think about. It's hard to say because their team's such a weird fit and uh, they still need shooting. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that was their problem last year. They still need it this year. But they have I do everything else that, but shooting. Yeah, I do wonder where that puts them. If you get a classic LeBron James season, all you know, seventy plus games, let's say, mixed with a vintage AD. They do that- have. I was gonna say they have. They have a weird team, but like it's they have Juan Toscano Anderson now, who you got an energy guy. You got Dennis Schroeder, you got another energy guy. Kendrick Nunn was at all of last year, and he's gonna be a. He's going to be solid off the bench. They have Lonnie Walker, obviously an athlete, but uh, someone who hasn't really done a whole lot in the league yet. Uh, you got Thomas Bryan as a center who can stretch the floor. Anthony Davis, LeBron, Pat Bev, who is going to definitely bring some grit to their team. So it's going to like Austin Reeves as well. So they've got they've got the in like they've got some young. They've got some pieces of what they need. It really would be if you could flip Westbrook and get Buddy Heald and somebody else, then this team would be in a much better spot because then you would get the shooter you need. That's pick and roll. That's pick and roll LeBron with some shooters on the wing and some people to play defense. And when LeBron needs some rest, you've got a Ken, you've got someone like Kendrick Nunn who actually can control a second unit. Him and Dennis Schroeder could definitely hold down a second unit. So they're an interesting team. It's obviously it's if you I think if for the Lakers this year, if you see LeBron averaging twenty eight or more, I think they're losing games. If you see him averaging around twenty four, I think they're doing well. I feel like he's at a point. I, I feel mean, like twenty seven's like his career average, right? Yeah, no, it's I just I feel like if he's having like the twenty eight and a half, twenty nine, thirty, that means that their team is not right now at a place to where they can score and LeBron's having to put more of the scoring load. Like he walked into 27 a game. I think he's at a point now where he's not like just easily the best player in the league. Like, I don't think he's the best player in the league at all. So uh, it takes a little bit more out of him and he doesn't have, I kind of like Tom, like Tom right now doesn't like, if Tom doesn't feel like he has the pieces around him, Tom doesn't feel like he can just go be 13 and four. Like Tom feels like right now at this point, because he's, I mean, obviously he's 45, so he's declined a little bit to the point where he needs the pieces around him and he can still be great. LeBron needs the pieces around him and then he can really show his greatness. And I think if the pieces around LeBron aren't performing to what they need and he has to put the points up, it just, his team gets out of rhythm. It was kind of like last year. Like he put up 30 last year, but they were losing games. But I could see him if he's around that 24, four-ish, a little down from his regular averages. I can see a 24 and almost 10 assists. I think that's showing that that team's really scoring on their own. Anthony Davis is the best is the best offensive player, arguably, on that team, and their role players are doing what they need. Weird, maybe a weird take, but yeah, no, that's what I... I, th- I think that LeBron's stat line is going to weirdly tell you how their season's going. 
Interesting. Uh, by the way, struggle team and struggle player. I forgot to mention last year, the Lakers were clearly the struggle team, and Westbrook was clearly the struggle player. I mentioned Harden, but Westbrook would be oh god, yeah, Captain A for that. But uh, by the way, I think he's almost unfairly maligned. Like I think people almost pile on just to pile on Westbrook. I mean, his numbers were still what like twenty two seven and seven. Yeah, it was something along um, those lines. You know, Westbrook. Westbrook really isn't a bad player. He like people like Westbrook isn't bad. Like it was eighteen seven and seven. You can't just not everyone in the league can just wake up and get eighteen seven and seven and have that be a terrible year for you. So, um, it's just he just doesn't fit this team. That's that's the problem with it. It's he just he he's just not a fit for the Lakers, and that's why. But ever, but obviously, if the media grabs a hold of something, and then you see bad Russ games, and every it just it snowballed from there, and it made it seem as if Russell Westbrook was just legitimately a garbage can. So, but he's not. He can play still. He's just not. He's just not built for that team. I do gotta say, last year one of my favorite things in the preview show was when you said the Lakers were going to be good because LeBron was going to be a post player now to make room for Westbrook. No, I thought, I thought, I, I thought, I mean, I've seen LeBron play in the post. I figured that you would have, you know, that high low you were talking about with Rudy Gobert and uh, imagine LeBron in the middle of the floor controlling everything. I thought he was going to be able to kind of evolve his game to work around Westbrook and, and it was wrong. And I, what? I, you know what? Within the first month, I was like, you know what? That was just very wrong. <laughs> so it was okay. Very wrong. Another player I'll throw in there for, uh, I don't think this will happen, but it could happen. And it would be wild if it did happen. Draymond Green. That would be wild. if I, I can't see the package for him, but that would be. Um, we'll get to more of this next week. We're we're almost an hour and a half into this pod now. Kim, hit me with your questions. Um, so I just have a few generic ones. Do you think this year at all we see a sixty-five win team? Great question. I just you don't have to give me a team if you don't want to give away like your picks. If that's kind of something you're thinking, that's just like, do you think there's a possibility we see a sixty-five win team? We don't see them often. Instead, sixty-five wins seems to be the kind of the balance of like the really, really great all-time teams. Yeah, if you're in the 64 and up range, you're, you're, a, you're a super contender, which is all the reason why the Phoenix clap was, was crazy, mm-hmm. uh, beyond crazy. Uh, I don't see it. I would take the under, but if I had a candidate for it, it would be the Milwaukee Bucks. That's fair. Um yeah, it's, I think it's going to be hard for someone in the West to do it. Uh, honestly, my contender for it would be either the Bucks or the Warriors would be the two teams that I could see doing it just because the Warriors have done it three times now. So, and off of a championship, they do well. Uh, so that was one of them. Two, I was thinking to myself, what's the best NBA rivalry right now? Good question. Uh, There's not many. I only came up with two, but like uh, the Boston, Philly, and Golden State, Memphis were the only two that hit my head. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say. But even Memphis and Golden State's not like really a rivalry. I think that's a rivalry to come. 
because they saw each yeah. other in the playoff game, playing game two years ago. Last year they saw each other in the playoffs. There's some bad, there's some like jawing over pretty much uh, Twitter this year. So I just think that I think that they are they are poised to be one. I'd agree with that. So I think I think they're a brewing rivalry, Golden yeah. State. I think we will get rivalry moments this year. We got them on Christmas Day. Yep. They'll play each other, what, four times probably? Uh, th- three at the minimum. I think they play them three. Cause there's, so we'll there's, there's the- weird because like they might see each other four because there's like you see your conference each team four. You see your division four times, your conference three times, the other, the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, the opposite conference, you see them twice. And I think that leaves like four random games that you throw in. Right, so they'll see them three times. Uh, the Grizzlies want to smoke with them. Yeah, so and the Warriors aren't that, backing down from it, obviously. That's probably the best brewing rivalry. Uh, the Celtics and Sixers is weird. I partic- like I have such a weird respect for Philly, a team I'm supposed to hate, because I just everyone hates Philly fans. I personally love how mentally ill Philly fans are. I say that respectfully. Like they take sports overly serious and they're overly negative in a way Boston is too. That's Boston fans and Philly fans hate their teams in ways other teams, other fan bases can't even imagine. <laughs> so in yeah. some case. So I have a healthy respect for Philly. I really like the roster this year. I'll talk more about Philly next week, but I, I, I really like that team. Um they're a weird rivalry only because they were like in the same exact place at the same time. They had young stars you know, basically growing up in the league, uh, young stars, but future like superstars, possibly, right? And their their future superstars are literally a pick apart. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. They were all high draft picks with Simmons and Bead, Tatum, Brown. So they were all on the same trajectory at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the other one I'd throw in there would be Brooklyn, Philly. I think that would be the other one I would be happy to watch. You know, Harden going against his old team. Ben Simmons going against his old team. Yeah. So there's two I really like. I'm looking forward to those matchups. It's Golden State, Memphis, and Brooklyn and Philly for me. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I'd like to see the Mavericks play the Suns again to see if the Suns have any get back in them. Or they just. And also, uh, Memphis. Uh, sad that Pem- uh, Pat Bev's not there because Memphis and the Timberwolves was fun last year in the first round. That was good. That was good indeed. They were fun. Um, do you think over under? I'm gonna go three and a half players to average thirty or more this year. Go under. You're gonna go under that. Yeah, it seems like less and less players overall average thirty each year. So I'll go under on that. <sighs> you. Uh, You know what? I'm going to take the over. I think we can get four. I think we can get four. That can give me the four. Um, give you the four. One would be Devin Booker. Because I don't, I don't think that the, I don't think that the he is going to be a problem. I think he could get ridiculed, like you were talking about. But I could see him doing well. But um, he would be one that possibly could be. Luca would be one, for sure. Uh, Giannis would be another one. Uh, Curry, I don't think will just because his team's so well rounded. 
And I could see Embiid being another one. Mm. So those, okay. if I had to give four, that would be the four and a slight outside possibility to jaw. Okay. As, I think Luke, I think if there's one, it'll be Luca. Yeah, I, I would say he's the, Luca's the one on there that I feel the most confident in. Tatum's a possibility. Durant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Durant's always he's a uh, walk in twenty five, so he can definitely get the thirty. Low key Zion's a possibility. He averaged twenty seven last time we saw him. Um shit, LeBron's a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and Kirk. I think I think we're gonna see a super motivated Curry season, similar to twenty sixteen. Oh I've gotta hold my Warriors stakes, but no, no, I, I agree with that. But I got a whole what do you have? Do you have them going eighty-one and one? <laughs> no, I don't have them going eighty-one and right. one. I don't have them. I don't think there's. I I said, do you think we get a sixty-five win team? I don't think we get a sixty-five win team. So that should answer that question for how I. Mm. So I don't think we get a sixty-five win team. Fair. So uh, that's all I'm saying there. But no, I'm just I'm just gonna hold Warriors takes. I'm gonna hold other takes that I have too because I have a few other takes for a few other teams um, that was those are the few questions that I did have um, so otherwise I'm good I don't know if there's any other questions or anything that you wanted to touch upon and, uh, yeah Ken that's all I have uh, listen I gotta do some paperwork what the hell are you doing it sounds like you're like flipping pages for like the last 10 minutes what are you doing Oh, um, I was, I didn't know that it was coming through like that. Um, I was flipping a couple pages. I had to, I had to get to a certain section of my notebook of where I write some things down. So I was flipping pages. All right. Words. So go listen to Patrick Curry on streaming services, Spotify and Apple podcasts. We go over the week four NFL games. Uh, this will be so it's Wednesday night you'll be hearing this podcast on a Thursday and then after that look out for our week 5 NFL picks Keenan a lot of fun this is longer than we intended but that's what happens when uh, we talk basketball it's going to end up going at least 30 minutes longer than whatever the hell we plan for or whatever the hell we say the duration of the pod looks to be so yeah who knows maybe we'll have a fucking 3 hour NBA preview pod we might have to break it up in 4 parts Right, <laughs> shit, it might be that way because yeah, we could have went on and on and on, but yeah, I'm gonna go finish this paperwork. Uh, Patrick Curry on streaming services, and look out for the week five NFL picks. Keenan, great talking to you. Have a good one. <laughs>